Uh, the serenity prayer, please. God, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Amen. Okay, the workshop format is three speakers for 15 minutes each, and then the floor is open for three minute shares. Um, as I just said, the audio, not video, from this session is being recorded and will not be edited. Um, please note that this session will be available online or as a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. If you share, you have given consent to be recorded. Please do not share if you do not want to be recorded. Here is some Zoom information. Attendees are automatically muted. We ask that you keep what you see and hear here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all who attend. Please stop your video if you are walking around having side conversations or eating. If you want to change your view settings, click on the view button on the top right of your screen and you may choose either gallery or speaker view. We ask you to rename yourself to the first name and last initial and feel free to add your state, province or country. Also, please note that chat is set to host only until the speakers are finished. Okay, so. I am now going to introduce our first speaker. Um, who is going to be Rhonda? Rhonda, thank you so much for your for your service tonight. It's all thank yours. you, thank you, and thanks everyone for for putting this together. I'm so grateful. Um, hi everyone, welcome. I'm so glad everyone's here. My name is Rhonda. I am a compulsive overeater. I'm from Queens, New York. In Queens, New York, uh, born and bred, and I am so grateful. Um, to be speaking about this topic, abstinence, no matter what. Wow. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story and then get into um, the topic. So I've been in Overeaters Anonymous since 1985. I was 16 years old. I'm now going to be 51 on Monday. Um, and I am so grateful. So I've been in program more than half my life. Uh, I was not... Um, struck abstinent. I've had periods of abstinence. I've had periods of relapse. I choose abstinence. Today, I choose abstinence no matter what. Um, I protect my abstinence. To me, abstinence is a state of mind, state of being, a state of soul. Um, I love uh, what we talk about um, as a three-legged stool for abstinence. So when I came in, you know, I was, I was given, I was told a lot of things um, and, you know, I followed a food plan. I didn't come from a, a, a large um, amount of weight to lose, but it was like a secret thing. So I was like one of those pe people who I ate so much. It was like a double secret. It was like, wow, I, I, I ate the, the amount of food that, you know, <laughs> others ate, but I didn't know this was an illness and I didn't know there was help for it. And I'm so grateful that um, God got me to a room, the rooms of OA in 1985. Um, I got a sponsor. I basically did what I was told. And I think for me, that has helped me tremendously to work these steps, to live by spiritual principles. 
Um, do I do it perfectly? No, absolutely not. But, um, you know, for me, this is such a gift. It's a freedom. It's a gift. Um, I was thinking today about the word pillar. So abstinence to me, are, it, it's like, you know, the three-legged stool, it's like three pillars. So there's the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. Um, I really believe today that every day I'm given an opportunity of recovery. And, you know, it's like, am I going to do what works? Am I, or am I going to go back into my you know, my, my, my habits, my, my bad, my bad habits and my destructive zone, so to speak. Um, and I will say that um, one of the pamphlets, I love OA literature. I love the big book. Um, but one of the OA uh, pamphlets that has really helped me tremendously has been a commitment to abstinence. Um, that has been really, really key in my recovery. Um, want to backtrack a little. My, abs- my abstinence date is July 1st of 2014. Uh, I came in uh, prior to that uh, from a horrendous relapse. It was literally a 24-hour relapse where I could not stop eating. I did not, and I had a sponsor, and I was doing steps, and I was doing 10 steps, and I was, you know, I thought I was doing everything right, but clearly there was something off kilter. Something was not quite aligned. And I believe it was a spiritual malady because the food for me is a symptom and the food's less to go. I've had many wonderful sponsors and I've learned from each of them. I have a sponsor now. I I do sponsor. The food's less to go. You know, I, I was not doing whatever I was meant to be doing. And that but that was the impetus to get me crawling back into OA, doing it a lot differently. And I learned, I learned from sponsors, I learned from you about strong recovery. What does that mean? What does that look like every single day for me? There are so, the reasons to eat are many. The reasons to not eat today are many. So what's my choice today? What's the choice? Um, so yeah, right here, right now, I had someone once say that to me, you know, it doesn't matter. I can't base my recovery on yesterday's abstinence. You know, yesterday was, was, it's gone. It's done. So abstinence is personal. Abstinence is a gift. It's cherished. I cherish it. I, it's a freedom. It's sacred. It's a sacred state of being. It's a state of mind and being, I get to practice acceptance, because if I don't, I will not keep my abstinence, not in this day and age, not in this time. Abstinence to me is gratitude. I am so grateful to be abstinent, to not wake up, you know, to wake up in the morning and feel like, wow, I, I feel ready to start the day. Wow, I don't have those stomach cramps and bad th- feelings and, and, and feelings of hatred and depression that I had when I was binging and when I was overeating and lying and doing all kinds of things to get the fixes that I lived on. Um, for me, there are promises. You know, in abstinence, there are resources, there are tools. I can halt, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Halt, pause, pray when agitated or doubtful. Don't pick up. Um, Another pamphlet that I love, before you take that first compulsive bite, remember. So what do I do? You know, I, I sit for a second, make a call, I write. I have found for me the telephone to be a lifeline. The telephone has been, I go on some phone meetings. I have trusted people I trust with my life. You know, there are some really serious situations that come up. 
So how do I do this? Well, for one, I have a plan of eating. It's not a diet. It's not a diet. It's a plan of eating. There are foods that I consider to be alcoholic or red light foods that I do not eat. There are the yellow, which is like, be careful. And then there are the green. Those are okay. But they can switch at any time. It, it, more so like a green could become a yellow, if, if that makes sense. Um, I do my, te- my step, my 10th steps as things crop up. I live 10 steps, 10, 11, and 12. Not perfectly, but I have to say I love convention. So for me, it's such a privilege to be on here. I have a commitment all day tomorrow, a big event with my, with my family, and I could have to miss tomorrow. But I was so honored to be of service today. Service is such a keystone cornerstone in my recovery. When I was asked to speak, and I'm not really like a late night person, (laughs) don't tell anyone, but I was so thrilled. I was like, I'm going to speak. I got to get ready. I'm grounding myself. I'm taking a nap this afternoon. Um, There's also the strong abstinence checklist. It's a little brochure. It's also on the OA website. And it has a lot of questions that I ask myself. Um, You know, for example, Have I been abstinent today? Did I pray and meditate? This helps me. You know, I don't have to reinvent any wheel. There's no wheels to reinvent with this recovery. Abstinence, no matter what, I have so many resources that if if I don't, you know, it's like if I don't use them, I'll lose them. You know, it's like so many things, even if I don't do anything, sometimes that's the solution, right? Rather than pick up the fork or open the refrigerator or go in the kitchen I can just sit, I can be quiet, I can take three breaths, I can pray, I have a loving higher power. I cannot talk about abstinence without talking about my higher power. She's very loving, she's personal to me. That's a whole other discussion how I came, she came about, but I can tell you I can't do this alone. And I'm not, and I don't have to. It's a we program. I need everyone in my recovery, I need to talk to my sponsor, I need to talk to newcomers, I need to talk to my friends, my fellows, I just need to keep talking and keep carrying this message. So I keep doing what I'm going to do. What do I do? How does that look? So I wake up in the morning, I pray and meditate. I learned about having a little sacred space. So I have a small, you know, my room, my, my bedroom, but it's like a little table, I have little things. But most importantly, is that I sit for 10 minutes and I breathe. I read the big book. I read the acceptance portion. I read um, on awakening. I, um, you know, it, it varies. I'm always interested in talking to others about how they work their program on a spiritual level because the abstinence for me, it's spiritual food. You know, food to me is not just nourishment. There's this food to take in to living a spiritual life, to leading a balanced emotional life. You know, I have to walk into work. I'm a teacher and deal with a lot of stuff and colleagues. And and I get to practice these principles in all my affairs, right? A lot of the ways I practice the principles is keeping my big mouth shut. That's how I make, I don't make enemies. I don't get into trouble, but I will say that the morning time is so peaceful because I have yet to interact with another human being. I'm sitting quietly with my higher power and breathing. Then I do some journaling. Then I do some reading of literature. So I've already used a couple of tools and I haven't even left my house. Isn't that a gift? That is a gift to me. Um, I make my phone calls. Do I make, you know, three every day? No, but I strive to, you know, I do my best to return calls. I don't really do texts so much. I really like the talking aspect. 
um, anonymity, keep my mouth shut, be quiet, don't talk, carry the message, not the messenger. Um, I sponsor, carry the message, talk to people, tell people what I'm doing, ask others how they're doing, get out of my way. Um, Thank you, Ross. I'm of service. Um, And, you know, for me, learning to be of service, it's, of course, to my OA fellows, and I get to practice that, you know, in the rooms of OA. But then I also, you know, extends out to life. So, for example, my stepmother passed away three years ago, tragically. I did not eat because it's abstinence no matter what. I had friends in this program who brought me abstinent food. I did not pick up. I'm taking care long distance of my father. He's has dementia. He's not well. Abstinence, no matter what. Is it easy? No. But whoever said life was easy? You know, that's what someone once said to me. Like, whoever told me that? That's an old belief that has to be smashed. Like it talks about in the big book, you know, these beliefs that life is easy. Oh, oh, I like this one. That life is fair. Hmm. Where did that one come from? You know? So it's like all of these things are preparations. Um, today, got to work. I work about 10 minutes away from where I live. Parked, got this great parking spot. And then it's like, uh-oh, I forgot my breakfast and I forgot my lunch. So what do I do? And I don't work in a neighborhood that's accessible for, quote unquote, my abstinent foods. It's like, you know what, Rhonda? You're going to drive home. You're going to get your lunch and you're going to Uber it back to work and be on time and show up. And that's what I did. Sometimes, you know what? That's what it's all about. But the point was, I paused long enough to, to, to say, you know, higher power, what would you have me do? And that was the answer. And I didn't speed to get home. I knew I had to have enough time because I always leave enough time. You know, it worked out. It works out. Um, you know, when COVID first hit, I couldn't get my frozen vegetables. And I thought, oh, my gosh. I really thought my abstinence was on the line physically. And then you know what? The intuitive thought came up that, you know what, Rhonda, you can buy raw vegetables or you can go to a different supermarket. Like life does not end because of one thing. I keep praying every single day. I keep praying. Um, I had a sponsor once who said to me, you know, Rhonda, you're not looking for God. You're looking, you're not looking for answers. You're looking for God. And at that time, I didn't like that message. But you know what? She was right. Today, that's what it is. I'm not looking. I don't have any answers. I don't have answers for anyone. I don't have my own answers. But all I know is I just keep walking along this road. I just keep, I'm another bozo on the bus. I always say that to people. And it's so true. You know, I work this program as a humble human being, really like a newcomer. You know, I haven't got this, you know, the moment I've got this, I'm in big trouble because then that means my humility is like goes back to pride, arrogance, all the character defects that I work so hard on a daily basis to, um, well, not work so hard. I don't work so hard that I pray to my higher power uh, if they if 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 she deems that they be removed. Um, try to be the best version that I can be. Um, is it, you know, easy? No, some days, some days are, 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 you know, more challenging, I have to say, but you know what? The worst, I heard this too, the worst day being abstinent is like the best compared to any day in relapse, any day, any day that I'm picking up. Two minutes left. Got that. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I, 
work through things. I, I have, um, you know, there's, there's always your challenges. I mean, I haven't flown since, since, you know, March, but like being at an airport um, tomorrow, I have a big event um, and, you know, it's going to be like the food. It's like going to be that like lunch at the, I don't know, dinner, lunch at two o'clock. It's going to be like a strange kind of like, I'm just praying, you know, praying. And one of the tools and using those tools and the action plan, you know, that keeps me with abstinence no matter what, because like, I have to know what my plan is. You know, it's like plan. If I fail to plan, I plan to fail. I absolutely will fail. So I need to know, you know, make sure I'm doing my food shopping, even if it's basic actions like that, knowing what needs to be done and then implementing, doing, you know, if I don't know how, asking for guidance, looking for help, um, and, and always going back to the gratitude. I do a nightly uh, evening review. And, um, and I really like the format that I'm using now with my current sponsor. And I always go back to that gratitude because you know what? There always is something that I can be grateful for. And if I can't think of something, I sit and keep thinking. <laughs> I eventually find lots. Sometimes I find lots of things. And I've been recently doing that in the morning too. What's, thank you, higher power, for this breath. I, I, the first breath is like, I'm alive, you know, that's not always the case for every person walking around. So I am just truly grateful to be here at convention. I'm, I'm just in deep gratitude to any newcomers. Welcome. Keep coming back. It works, but you know what? I have to do the work and I'm willing to do that work. I am just filled with it and keep, keep on going. Even when the going gets tough, and um, I just want to thank everyone and from the bottom of my heart. And um, that's pretty much it in the past. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Okay, next up, I believe we have Mitch. Yes. Mitch, welcome. Thank you so much for your service tonight. Hi, Diana. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, well, uh, thank you all for being here. It's so good to be in a meeting um, in a group of recovering people. Um, I, uh, generally speaking, do not prepare. Uh, this is by far the largest group of people that I've spoken to, but I still, um, my sponsor does not prepare. Uh, I actually had the strange um, experience of hearing my sponsor speak at a couple of prepared meet what meetings recently where he prepared and I was just like really threw me off base but um so I just I'm here to ask God to uh speak through me um and uh hope that there's something in my experience that might help somebody tonight um I do just I you know <laughs> it's funny how when you're reading um even if it's not specifically relevant uh things just jump out at you i was reading um the um to agnostics in the big book and the sentence jumped out at me i guess in the context of my thinking this week about um abstinence at all costs um i don't have the page number i'm sorry in the face of collapse and despair in the face of total failure of their human resources they found that a new power peace happiness and sense of direction flowed into them. Um, and preparing for this, uh, someone mentioned to me that uh, I was, and I'm not quoting exactly, so please don't, uh, don't, don't jump at me, but that I was uniquely qualified to speak tonight. 
Um, and that kind of like sounded weird for a second. And I was like, why? If anything, I, I really am kind of humbled. Um, thankfully, I have uh, a little bit of abstinence behind me. I have uh, a, a lot of peace. But, you know, what makes me any different? And this person reminded me that um, this has been a really rough year uh, in my life. Um, and, you know, my ego tells me I want to get you all to feel bad for me. My, uh, my, my program side tells me, well, there's no reason to bring it up. But it's important for people to understand what it means when we talk about abstinence, that no matter, no, no matter what, um, that I won't keep you in suspense. I lost both of my parents this year. I'm in a business where I uh, lend money to people, um, and obviously that's a tough business when you want to try and get paid during COVID. Um, a lot of things went on this year, and um, I've stayed abstinent. Um, I, I haven't felt the need to pick up. Um, each day I wake up with a new, a new, a, a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction. Um, and that's due wholly to the 12 steps. Um, well, someone's just telling me that it's page 50 in the big book, that, that uh, quote. Um, yeah. So uh, just briefly about my, my history, um, I ate a lot uh, from the time I was, probably from the time I was little, but somewhere around the time I was 12, I started to have some emotional upheaval um, and I found that food was one of the things that I could turn to that just kind of made me forget the problems or, or the perceived problems. Um, and since then, I've uh, yo-yoed uh, as much as 60 or 70 pounds uh, several times throughout my life. Um, and, um, you know, what can I tell you that you guys don't already know? Eating off the floor, eating from the garbage pail, uh, hiding food, hiding wrappers, eating in my car and lying to my wife, uh, you know, or lying by, by omission, coming home, sitting in the car outside, uh, eating the food that I picked up at the 7-Eleven on the way home, uh, and then throwing wrappers in the back so she didn't know. Um, just living and hiding, living in secret uh, with the food. Um, now, I will, I, I do need to share that as a, a big part of my journey, uh, OA is, is not the first 12-step program that I came into. Um, I uh, suffer, I guess, or suffered from another addiction to uh, compulsive behaviors relating to uh, sex and relationships. And um, the unmanageability was pretty um, powerful. Uh, and and uh, the funny thing, of course, is just like other addicts, until I felt it, none of it mattered. Um, and I was grateful to have given, been given the gift of desperation about eight years ago. Uh, and I've now been sober seven years and seven or eight months in my other program. Um, and I, oh, uh, okay. So, um, I'll just quickly go through how I came into OA, uh, my sponsor, my other program, we were looking at the fact that while I was four and a half years sober, um, I wasn't really getting the joy of, of recovery. Uh, that's what I felt. And so um, he was looking at or helping me look at different areas. And one of the things that he suggested, because he was seeing that at that point I was growing, I'm actually looking at before and after pictures on my screen here. Uh, and I had just put on an enormous amount of weight at that point. 
Um, and he's like, you know, you really need to look at the food. Um, and I came to OA and people in my group still joke about the fact that for the first three months, some of them thought I was mute because even after four and a half months, uh, even after four and a half years in program, I still felt coming into a new program. There was still that shame, I guess, uh, which is just strange, really strange. Um, and I came in, um, and the same pattern that I had in the other program came true in, in OA. I spent the first four or five months sitting here, listening to people relating, but not really hearing because I was still in this food fog, um, still ashamed. Um, and then one day I just woke up and realized that it was just the same, same process here. I got to turn it over to my higher power, recognize that I'm totally powerless over uh, food. I'm totally powerless over this uh, desire that I have to eat when I'm uncomfortable. Um, but I already had a higher power that I could turn to. And it was just the simplest thing to turn to him and say, hey, you take this. Um, and um, my sponsor in my other program suggested that I use a commercial uh, weight loss program as my food plan. I, I'm currently using that still. Uh, making adjustments along the way. Um, I don't have a very strict regimen like many other people do. Uh, but the things that I do hold from are very strict. There's no uh, play in, you know, oh, well, today I can have a piece of cake because I, I, I've been losing weight because I'm feeling good. Um, there are certain things I know I just can't do. Um, and the, the beauty is it it doesn't even bother me. You know, every day, I've said this a lot of times, every time I've ever come, gone to a, a celebration and people have, you know, cut up the cake and they come, oh, come on, you can have just one. And I just say to them, well, yeah, you don't understand. I really can't just have one because not that I can't, not that anybody's telling me I can't, but if I do have one, stay away from the cake because I'm going to eat the rest of it too. And I just physically can't have one. Um, and so I just don't have to with that. And every day, even those, those rare occasions where I feel a little bit of um, discomfort because I didn't do something that I really wanted to do, I wake up the next morning and I realize I didn't miss anything. Uh, and the more that that happens, uh, the more I, um, I recognize that there really isn't <laughs> It's like God has just taken it from me. Um, I lost my train of thought there. Um, I for me the the uh, recovery is all about the steps. Uh, what we're talking about here is um, the first step: powerlessness. Uh, powerlessness was an easy one. I think I knew I was powerless over food probably at least 30 or 40 years ago. Um, and I started to see the question of unmanageability two and a half, three years ago uh, when I first came into the rooms. But it was only when I was really ready to see that this unmanageability was taking away the joy that I could have in life um, that I just, you know, God took it from me. Once I saw that, and once I turned to him and said, hey, take this the same way you took the rest of it from me, take it. 
The one thing I do want to spend some time on, and, and Rhonda spoke about this also, is gratitude. Uh, gratitude for me is key. Really, um, when I talk about prayer, uh, prayer and gratitude throughout the day, um, recognizing that there's always something I can say that's not good. Um, the core of my problem when I was when I was 12 years old and started uh, turning to food and other other activities was that I, I didn't have any um, appreciation for the blessings in my life, uh, including, unfortunately, my parents and all that they had done for me. And of course, this year has been a, a, an incredible journey in appreciating that. Um, unfortunately, it's after they're gone, but you know what? Um, there was a lot of blessings. Uh, my parents lived full lives. Uh, I got to spend a lot of time with them after having uh, really disengaged and spent many years away. Um, and so I got a lot of time to spend with them before they, they passed this year. Um, and so every day has been just waking up and looking for the gratitude. Um, and sometimes I think people may, <laughs> I talk about the fact that I'm afraid sometimes that there's so sociopathic tendencies in me that I have this, this, um, I'm just disengaged from my own emotions. Um, and sometimes it scares me when I can, you know, look at, at the tragedy and look at the, um, the pain and just turn and say, well, but there's something here to be grateful for. Um, and you know what? Maybe it wouldn't be good for everybody, but it's, it, it has to be for me. I have to be grateful for everything. I don't believe in a God who would have given me anything, anything, including these tragedies, unless he had something bigger and better for me. So I guess what he had for me today is the ability to share this experience with, with somebody. Um, Two minutes. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just, abstinence, no matter what to me, sobriety, no matter what to me, just means there really isn't anything worthwhile. You know, Rhonda mentioned the line about um, uh, the best day in, uh, in the food is, I, I would I would never take the worst day in sobriety. I wouldn't trade it for the best day in, in acting out. Um, and I heard somebody say, well, I probably would if I could guarantee that I could get that day over and over again. But the reality is the unmanageability comes. As an addict, I think about life with no consequences. I'm looking for a life with no consequences. Um, and the reality is life comes with consequences. Um, and as long as I'm ready to accept them um, and look for the gratitude, look for what is here, what's in this that I can learn, that I can grow, that I can become better that I can become um, more useful to others. Um, yeah. That's all I got. Thanks for letting me share and, and have a beautiful abstinent evening. Thanks. Thank you so much, Mitch. Okay, our last speaker is Terry. Terry, thank you so much for your service tonight. Oh, thank you, Diana. Hi, everybody. Um, Rhonda, thank you so much. And Mitch, thank you so much for your um, beautiful shares. And to see all of you here um, is such a blessing um, to know that I'm not alone. 
and to know that we are never alone. Um, what a gift we have. Um, I will tell you a little bit about myself. I, um, I came into these rooms in 1973. I was 18 years old. Um, I'm 65 years old now, have been in the room 47 years. I'm maintaining right now a 12-year um, um, abstinence at the end of the month. So if you do the math, you will see that I've had many, many, many years of a very contented abstinence. And I had uh, one large relapse that started with a piece of uh, something that was not on my food plan. And I proceeded to gain all of my weight back. And um, so I am maintaining a 54 pound weight loss. However, um, so after all those years in program, all those years of contented sobriety, it's when I took my will back and decided that, um, you know, I can handle this one. So I came into the rooms in 1973. And the minute I walked into that meeting, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved the community. I loved the fellowship. I loved the, the slogans. I loved the readings. I loved everything. And as a young girl, I did everything they asked me to do. I came into the rooms at 157. Um, and at that time in 1973, if you were 157 pounds, you were, you were uh, quite, um, you were not of the norm. There was not the obesity um, epidemic or whatever you want to call it that we have in this country today. In the 70s, there were not as many uh, chubby high school girls in my graduating class of over 500. Um, I was always popular. I came from a very loving family. Um, but guess what? I had the disease of compulsive overeating. Uh, there was a poster that was really popular back then, and it was a picture of an incredible mansion with a gorgeous garden, an amazing willow tree, and a beautiful vintage Rolls Royce in the driveway. And it said, I've been rich and I've been poor. Rich is better. And I remember thinking, I've been fat and I've been thin. Thin is better. But thin, to be thin comes with a price. It comes with work. And at that young age, I was ready to get thin. I did everything I was supposed to do, but the one thing I was not willing to do was to put down the food. Step zero, put down the food. And that I was not willing to do. I did not believe what they were telling me, that I had a disease of attitudes, that I was like the alcoholic. I was just an 18-year-old girl who wanted to be thin before she went away to college, and then my life would be fine. So I very gracefully, in the OA rooms, gained over 50 pounds, coming to OA every week, doing what I was told, except to put down the food. And when I told my sponsor, I said, she said, Terry, how long are you going to maintain your fat? And I remember thinking, wow, that's kind of crude. And I, you know, wow, that's kind of crude. And I said, but Michelle, I keep trying. I keep trying. And she looked at me and she said, you know what, Terry, trying isn't good enough in this program. You can die trying 
in this program. So you're going to have to put your little toys away and you're going to have to start taking out the steps. This is my for today book. This is abstinence no matter what. Sobriety, Mitch. I love that word. No matter what. If I remain obese, what does a newcomer have that this program works? I need to face the truth about myself, starting with my definition of abstinence. And my abstinence is what you called a fat abstinence. I may also need, she also told me this, to replace sponsors who out of mis guided kindness were helping me to keep up the myth that as long as I was working a spiritual recovery and that I was still fat, I was still in recovery. And she told me right off the bat, do not buy into that. Do not buy into that. If you not are not working towards a healthy body weight, and I mean working towards it, um, you are only fooling yourself, Terry. No matter what, in a way, winners, go to meetings, no matter what. Work the steps, no matter what. Has a sponsor, no matter what. Either makes a telephone call, a text, an email, a meeting every day, no matter what. Practiced abstinence no matter what. My abstinence has to have a life of its own. My abstinence has nothing to do with my sobriety. My sobriety is the emotional and spiritual part of this program. My abstinence is the food plan and the steps I take daily to remain abstinent, to remain at a healthy body weight. How do I remain sober? Right? Because I have a disease and it starts with the food. Step. Step one, we honestly examine our histories and we can deny it no longer. My eating and my attitudes towards food, and then I added towards life, were not normal. I have a disease and this is my disease. I have a disease of perception. I have a disease of self-centeredness. I have a disease of want. I have a disease of anxious apartness. I, my disease is ass backwards. I have an over, I have a sense of over responsibility for people, places, and situations while I neglect myself. This is my disease. So how do I think 
that my warped sense of reality, my warped sense of perception, my disease of want, my sense of I am responsible, my neglect of myself, for five years, I thought that that was the same brain that was going to fix <laughs> the very attitudes that got me there. That is very warped. That is very self-centered. For me, it says I came into a way to learn how to handle my sobriety, not how to handle my drinking. And handling my sobriety means it translates for me into how to handle, live my life happy, joyous, and free. A defining moment in my life and I had much abstinence. My abstinence is a daily action plan. I call a sponsor no matter what. I weigh and measure my food no matter what. I go to meetings no matter what. I give service no matter what. I am grateful no matter what. And I'm not only grateful for the things that I'm happy about, but I've also learned in this program to be grateful for whatever friggin' pain I was in. That deserved just as much gratitude. It shows me that God, I'm so grateful because you know what, God? I cannot handle what is happening, but I know I have, you have my back. I share this again, like my friend shared, I don't want to be the poster child for this or to have you feel bad for me or to have you feel blah, blah, blah. But a defining moment for me so that you, so again, it gives me clarity and maybe it'll help someone else. My five son was five minutes. Yes. Um, my son died four years ago of chronic uh, drug abuse. He was 30 years old. His name was William. He was named after Bill W. He had two 12-step parents from the time he was born. Um, and he died of addiction. When I looked at how that disease took him, he is no different than me. He is no different than us. And like I share at my meetings a lot, we clean up very nicely. When I look at all of you in this Zoom meeting, we have our makeup on, we have all our teeth, we have beautiful homes, right? Um, we don't see that much. And you have a computer to be able to go on a Zoom meeting. That's not the norm um, with um, alcoholics sometimes or people suffering from chronic drug abuse. I learned in that time, when I found out when the detectives came that William had finally passed. The next day, we did the same thing we did the day before. We woke up and had an abstinent breakfast. We took the same walk. We thanked God. Uh, we shared it on meeting because, um, you know, when we do this day in and day out, it's in our muscle memory. And when I was too um, distraught to... Um, think straight. Do you know that my, mes my muscle memory, my program carried me? All of you carried me. I did not eat. And I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
I didn't thank God because my son died. I didn't thank God because he was a, a drug addict. I thanked God because my God picked him. It was a perfect life for me. I trust God to know that whatever my life brings, it is handpicked by my beautiful, beautiful God. So I thank him in my pain. I thank him when I am missing him. I thank him when um, things are good. I thank him constantly. For me, the gratitude came first, even if it meant acting as if, and then the acceptance came. It wasn't like, oh God, I have to accept this. Once I accept it, then I'll be grateful to you. It was, I had to be grateful for everything, everything. And do not, I had, I could not have a God where um, I petitioned to him. This isn't a petitioning God I have. This is a God who I choose to align my will with. I thank God for the time I had with William. I thank God for my abstinence every day. I thank God that God handpicked this life for me. I thank God for the pain, for the grief, and for the joy. I thank God for all of you every day of my life. I thank you all. You carry me. You carried me through my darkest, thank you, Roz, through my darkest, darkest moments. You continue to carry me. But guess what? My son's death is not a good enough reason for me to eat for today. I am not willing to lose my abstinence because my son passed away. Do you know what a friggin' blessing that is to say and to mean? You know, David and I went to see his little gravestone the other day, and I was so happy with the way it looked. It looked so nice in the grass. And when we left, you know, um, I said to David, you know, we're really blessed. We're so blessed. We are so blessed in this life. I have another son. We love and enjoy him, but I don't try to fix him. I don't try to change it. He was the other child. Everything he turns to changes, turns to gold. But I stay out of his business. His life is not my business. My job is to love him and be there. And I can tell you today, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. These promises come true. But if I don't have my abstinence in one hand, and I don't have my sobriety in check, that's quite different. Then I don't have it. And then I'm either dying from the outside in or I'm dying from the inside out. So I want to thank you all. I love each and every one of you because we are in this together. So thank you. Thank you so much, Terry. Okay. Um, we will now open the floor for three-minute shares. Um, the chat is also now being open. 
Um, to put your hand up, please use the raise hand function, the little blue hand, usually found at the bottom of the participants list if you're on the computer. If you need help, you can um, chat to a host or co-host. If you're calling in on the phone, please press star nine. Uh, the leader or host will call on you and when it is your turn to speak, you will see a prompt on your screen asking you to unmute. Um, please select unmute to speak. The timer will signal when you have one minute left and then time's up. Um, please tell where you are from and how long you've been in OA. Um, also our traditions state that OA has no opinion on outside issues. Some examples of outside issues are politics, religion, diets, treatment programs, non-OA approved literature and other 12-step fellowships. Therefore, please base your sharing on your OA experience and do not include outside issues. Please stick to the topic of this meeting. For those who arrive late, the topic of this workshop is abstinence no matter what. The meeting is now open for sharing. Hey, Bryce. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm Bryce, and I'm a very, very grateful, indescribably grateful member of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I, I do want to say that I'm thrilled that uh, Region 6 is having a virtual uh, convention. Uh, I've always wanted, I'm from New York. Right now I'm living in Sarasota, Florida, beautiful Sarasota, living out my dreams. Um, but I always wanted to go to Region 6 and it just, every time it just something came up. But uh, I want to thank the speakers. I, I found all of you very, very uh, moving and uh, did a beautiful job carrying the message. Um, I want to say that I, uh, in January, well, right now I have 39 years of back-to-back -back abstinence. And, um, and God willing, January 11th will be my 40th anniversary. So um, I want to tell you that what has, you know, I want to tell you that the message that I want to carry is that strongest for me that has helped me in my recovery is honest, open, and willing. Every day I try to be as, as honest as I can be when it comes to my food. So I may not, I don't, I wish I could say I carry that in all my affairs, but I really did learn early on that I had to be honest when it comes to my food. And, um, and the other thing that is, really made all the differences no matter what abstinence no matter what so abstinence no matter what and honest open and willing and so I love what you said Ron, Rhonda when you said you have like green and yellow my foods are green and and if I want to go for something I might say it could be yellow and I'm very careful and unless I'm sure that it's something that I can have comfortably I don't have it and that's with and that's with um 39 years of recovery. Uh, I am, I suffered in, oh, I suffered in my eating disorder. Uh, you know, in 1981, they didn't even know that it was an eating disorder. You know, it was, it was hardly known. Uh, and I was a low bottom addict. I, I could not do anything. If I, one day I left my house keys or something in my apartment and I had to go back for it. And I actually had to stop to get something out of the grocery store to walk a block back to get what I forgot. 
I could not function without food. And I would leave the house very late at night and go out and get my thing and come back and go back out. Life was really impossible. So I just want to say that this program is beautiful. And, and again, honest, open, and willing. That, that's really what I wanted to share with you. I love you guys. I love you so much. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Lynn Renee. Hi guys, I'm Lynn Renee, overeater or graze, grazer, well, overgrazer <laughs> and obsessed with body image. And um, I th uh, thank you so much. What a nice group of sharers tonight. Um, I've been in the program for six and a half years. And the first year, I really didn't want to be in the rooms. I was so not willing and so stressed out and so mean and so enraged. Um, and um, I don't know why I stayed. I know now why I stayed, but I, I'm like, why the hell am I going there? And I think it's exactly what the, I think your message was, was, no matter what, just do what you have to do. This week, there was a ding ding. For, last week, there was a ding ding moment for me because I had to do something. And I was just talking to my sponsor and she was like, just do it. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going on like I was, and she started to laugh and she said, you sound like a three-year-old. And I'm like, yeah, and <laughs> like, uh, I can, no. And I have the right to, and, and she's like, you don't have to like it. Just do it. It's like, just do it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you talked about old belief, Rhonda. I, if somebody is in this room that worked on that green book, I just want to thank you because that green book changed my life this year about the old belief sheet and the fourth step. I didn't know. I, I get so emotional, but I didn't know there was so many of old beliefs in my head and policies that I made up for myself and rules. And, and um, yeah, I, I thought one of my old beliefs is that it has to be fun. If not, what does, what's the point? <laughs> I, want to, I want to do fun things in life and I want to choose. And I, but no, with the food, I can only choose if I want to be in action and to get uh, abstinent and recovered and sobriety. I always say it's abstinence in my plate and sobriety in my mind. That's where it all stands for. And um, that's where I have to choose. Do I do actions? But the results are not my responsibility. That's where I get, I really, really, really get that now. And uh, thank you so much. I got so much out of you three like praying throughout the day. I know it sounds weird, but I do it in the morning and at night. And sometimes in the daytime, I find it so hard. And it's like, oh yeah, how come I don't do it in the afternoon? <laughs> it's like, and that's why we need to hear people because what's so, so like out there, so clear when somebody says it, how come I didn't think about it? Well, because like we're 200 and some people, I, we were like, we all have this, like the saying of it, just makes it click at one point when I needed to hear it. So I'm hearing it tonight. And I don't know if that was the buzzer or if that yes. was a reminder. Yeah, okay. So I just want to finish like with the muscle memory. 
I love the fact that my muscle memory brings you bring me brings me well brings me back to the rooms. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Lynn. Anne B. Hi, I'm Anne, a very grateful compulsive overeater, abstinent one day at a time. And all I can say is wow, wow, and wow. Rhonda, Mitch, Terry, you blew me away tonight. And I'm just so grateful. I love the fact that you all three talked about living in the gratitudes. I say that all the time. Live in your blessings. Because I too could tell my story and have you all crying and feeling sorry for me and Oh, poor Anne, she's got such a miserable life. But the truth is, I have, I'm living now a life beyond my wildest dreams, for sure. Does that mean that bad things don't happen? No. But I, we talk, you talked about the muscle memory and doing it. In the, when we do it in the good times, it works in the bad times and service. I'm doing service later on in the convention. And yesterday was a horrific day and there was a part of me going I can't do this service I'm too crazy I'm just no 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 but I came here and it was like chill you can I have a 98 year old mother who was rushed to the emergency room yesterday I knew she was going so I planned my food I took it with me of course there was no place to actually eat it so you're sitting in a, in a waiting room outside the emergency room with a mask on and it was past my dinner time and I couldn't eat this. I texted my sponsor and my nutritionist and asked if I eat just the vegetables that I can stick up under the mask, can I eat the rest of my dinner? And of course they sent me back to two opposite answers. And I told them both, they both knew I was writing to the other one. And I told them both, this is a, and came to the decision, this is what I will do. When I get home, if I am truly physically hungry, I will have the planned food. If I'm not, I'll let it go. And because I never eat late at night, when I got home at 10.30 at night, I didn't need to eat that food. And guess what? As my nutritionist said, I wouldn't starve to death. I woke up this morning and I was still alive without having dinner. And I just made a cup of tea when I got home last night and I was fine. But that's only because I do this every single day. I work the steps. I pray. The whole time I was sitting there, I was praying. My mom's 98, so it's not, you know, cure her. And she has Alzheimer's. Thy will not mine be done. And when I was stressing today, my brother reminded me, God has a plan. He goes, I don't know if the plan's for you or her, but God's got a plan. And that's it. One day at a time. Today's good. Thank God she's back. She's back in the nursing home. She's okay. But, thank you. And, and on that note, I will leave. And thank you all for being here. Thank you. Phil D., Oh, okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Phil. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hey, Phil. And, hey, I've been in the room since uh, 2007, abstinence since 2009. And I tell you, you know, it kind of, uh, 
like you totally like had me on the edge of my seat. So thank you so much. Definitely Rhonda mentioned Terry. All right. First off, you're right. We do clean up nice, right? We do, right? And it's so funny because, you know, I was a hot mess, you know, with my pants that used to rub together so much that I used to have holes in all my sweatpants. Always wearing gym suits all the time, like, you know, sweatsuits, like I was going to the gym. Not. All right. But the main thing is uh, the thing that really stood out to me, a lot of things really stood out to me. And you guys totally killed it, like I said, but that God like handpicked this life for me specifically. I mean, I, you were talking, you, you were saying it, but I had such a, a, a thing like, yeah, the people that have been, that have come into my life, I've had sponsees pass away. I've had grand sponsees pass away and I've had people go through stuff. I had people fire me. I'd gone through all these things, but I just feel like my, like my sponsor always said, did you stay abstinent? And I'm like, yeah he said then you did your job and I was like okay because I used to think it's like it was my fault he was like you're not that powerful kid you're not that powerful so I always had to keep that at the top of my mind that as long as we just keep doing this thing no matter what we keep representing no matter what we keep being the example big book ain't got no pictures we are that picture so we got to just keep doing that thing and uh I just say thanks enough said leave it at that thank you Kristen Kay. Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Kristen. I'm a compulsive overeater from Iceland. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing from the last speaker. It was just so nice to hear. <laughs> Funny. You're not that powerful, kid. Sorry to cross up, but I'm just laughing. Yeah, I think, I think that all the time that I'm so powerful. But anyways, uh, absent no matter what. Uh, I've been in this program now for, two, yeah, uh, two years and um, three or four months or something. And I've been struggling with, with abstinence because, first of all, some uh, it was my, my head didn't, didn't get the fact that uh, it's important to, first of all, be honest with my food. So thank you for the speakers for men mentioning that I really need to be honest about my food. And, and also what, what I took from the speakers was uh, about the body weight uh, while maintaining a healthy body weight. It's so important because one, one of the messages I've heard in meetings is that uh, because we first come in for the purpose of getting thin, which is also important, but it, it's not a shameful thing to come in to get thin, as in it's you have to be healthy in body weight. But some sometimes I've heard the message in the rooms that you just have to, like the speaker was talking about, that you just have to uh, be spiritually fit and that's what matters. Well, both matters. And so I'm really thankful for, for the message that <laughs> don't let it, don't buy into that. Like I think Terry said, don't buy into that, that, that doesn't matter. And, and yes, and because I've been struggling with abstinence, I've only been abstinent now for two weeks, but still two weeks. And it's after uh, uh, one of my 
one of the members in my group said, or actually three members in my group said, you have to be abstinent. You just have to be abstinent. Stop this nonsense. Grow up. Get out of this fucking mode. <laughs> you know, just stop. And yeah, so my abstinent day is really cool. It's 10-10-2020. And I'm not going to mess it up. I'm going to keep that abstinence day. It's so cool. And yeah, I'm just, I, I really, I needed people to say, stop stop this nonsense get abstinent you know this isn't a joke and yeah so that's why i wanted to come to this session especially because i really really need to hear you guys talk about abstinence no matter what thank you thank you kathy m from wantua oh. You can, I, okay. You got it. So happy to see everyone. A lot of people from my um, intergroup. It's just wonderful. And I took notes and I looked back at the notes and I see the same word from Rhonda and Mitch and Terry and it's gratitude. And I, um, I just love to live in that gratitude. Um, it's just helping so much in the, even in these last six or seven months that I've been home. And uh, I realized the advantage of being abstinent in program compared to friends and family that all they do is talk about the um, COVID situation. And I almost like forget because I really truly live every day, one day at a time. And, um, so my big two words are gratitude and acceptance um, for many things that happened in my life too, that um, a death of family members and, um, and I was in program 25 years ago because of a death of a, a family member. And I ate a lot at that time and came back and then I relapsed and now I am just so grateful every morning for being able to um, stay in the rooms the last three years and stay abstinent. And uh, I just thank you for the reminder, Terry, to um, always be work working towards the um, healthy body weight. You know, I lost 60 pounds, but I still am going there and I don't want to be in that you know, state of just um, accepting, you know, where I am. I mean, I am grateful, but I still always want to continue that. And I love to hear you. And uh, it's, it's so refreshing to hear that. So thanks, I pass. Thanks, Kathy. Jody B. Hi, my name is Jody B. This is my I've only been in OA for about two weeks, and I'm very grateful for I gotta stop 
Jody, we're having a really hard time hearing you. What am I trying to say here? Oh, you are? Yeah, it's breaking up. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Oh, yes. Much better. <laughs> sorry. Lovely new wireless speakers, headphones. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, so I'm a newcomer and um, I'm having a hard time. I have a temporary sponsor. She's starting me up. And so that's great. Um, I um, I'm... I'm um, trying to get to one um, and absence Thank you, Jody. Uh, next is Rebecca. Rebecca, yep. Oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> I was just typing to Jody. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Rebecca. I'm a compulsive eater, anorexic, and bulimic, um, and I'm from Ottawa, Canada. I'm originally from Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada, which is Region One. Um, that's where I came into program, but uh, I've been here now for for about three years. So, uh, and this is my first convention. I've been in OA nine years, but this is my first convention. So, um, it's too bad I can't be in person, but that's okay. This is cheaper. <laughs> I'm a student and I'm also just a cheapskate, but um, let's be honest. <laughs> I just use the student thing as a, as a cover. Anyways, um, I'm really grateful to be here and I'm really grateful for all the sharing um, and for the people from um, like out of country and, you know, the newcomers and the long timers. And, um, but I just really want to say, I'm really grateful for, um, that message that was so strong and, you know, all the speakers did a great job, but Terry, um, you just like spoke into my heart today about just how important abstinence is. And also just to be grateful for the pain. Um, you know, I have gone through a recent, um, breakup, which is my first abstinent relationship and my first abstinent breakup. Um, and um, the emotions that I felt were, you know, I've never been this aware of my emotions and, um, and I made it through and there was a lot of pain, but it was okay. And, and to hear that message of, you know, being grateful for the pain, um, I'm just so grateful for that. And I'm going to, it's really, you know, sinking in and I, I know it's going to be with me for a long time. So um, thanks. And thanks to all the, you know, hosts and everyone helping with the convention. Thanks. 
Thank you. We have time. Do we have time? Let's do one more. One more. Okay. Carol. Hi, I'm Carol, compulsive overeater, and I'm um, grateful to be abstinent no matter what. Um, I don't go through too many no matter what's in my recovery. Most of it is just sort of like the daily ups and downs of living. But um, recently I'm watching my husband go through something really, really painful and it's affecting me and I've been feeling resentful and self-pity. And um, it's not affecting my food by the grace of God and through this program. Um, and it's involved some trips uh, to medical places where I've had to sit in the car with my dinner and wait for him for a couple of hours with my own personal porta potty. <laughs> I gotta say, <laughs> practical living here so I don't have to get out of the car with COVID-19. And, um, you know, have food, we'll travel, you know, meals on wheels. Um, and that's the food part. And I really appreciated people reminding me to be grateful for whatever. I have a tendency to feel guilty when things aren't smooth or painful that I must have done something wrong. And I forgot I needed to be reminded by you all to just say thank you. Thank you for my abstinence. Thank you for a, a human life that is increasing my compassion. And I'm grateful to be here. Oh, and I haven't been to a convention since 1998. I forgot to say, I came into the program in 1976. I had one relapse from, for nine months when I was pregnant with my first child from 92 to 93. And um, really, really grateful for abstinence. It's, it's made my life a life really second to none. Thank you, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so we are going to close and then um, we can keep the room open to take these last few shares after um, we close. We just want to respect everyone's time. Um, so we would like to thank everyone who has attended the workshop. And um, we will now close with the um, serenity prayer. I am going to allow participants to unmute themselves. So if you would like to unmute, um, we'll just take a moment of silence, of silence and then we'll and start with <clears throat> God, God, grant me the serenity. I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. Wisdom to know the difference. To know that mind be done. Thank you. Right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Thank the wonderful you. speakers. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Thank you guys. See you tomorrow. Yeah, see everybody. Bye, Judith and Chuck. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. 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 Bonne soirée, tout le monde. Bonne soirée. On se voit demain. Bye. Oui, à demain. Bye. À demain. À demain, tout le monde de Montréal. Merci tout le monde. À demain. See you tomorrow. Bye, Kim. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to just mute everyone again <laughs> so that we can let our last few shares happen here. Okay. Brian. Oh, yeah, okay. Did you get that? Hi, I'm Fran and Rexa Kalimek. Yep. Am I unmuted? Yes. Um, so happy to be here. I, I talk about grateful. I'm like grateful that 
even though I'm going through pain <laughs> and I'm coming out of a very bad relapse, like that I just heard everything I heard and that people share so honestly and people go through such hell and share about it and we have each other and you could give a dollar or I don't even know how the hell you donate and freaking COVID, but I know I paid for it tonight. Like it, it just doesn't matter, you know? And um, that always struck me from day one. I've been in program for 25 years. Just the fact that like, I don't know. I mean, I know you, uh, I, I don't know everyone on here, but it's like, I'm in pain and I could come on and I could share it and I will probably get support. Like it's miraculous to me, just as miraculous as like many things that are miraculous. Like it just, uh, I don't know. So I just wanted to check in. I wanted to say, I'm grateful for the energy that was here. And, um, my puppy died a few months, uh, like a month ago, and we decided to get another one. And I just need to say this and turn this over that I could handle it. Um, I lost my abstinence when I got her and because I put her before my recovery and I'm just committing that I can handle it. Just because I had a relapse or just because life I get scared of things doesn't mean that I have to lose my abstinence and I can't handle it. And we definitely heard that from the speakers. So um, just thank you. Thank you for having the extra after 10 meeting. Um, that's it. Thanks so much, Fran. Okay, and Nikki. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Nikki and I am a anorexic bulimic, uh, I prefer to call myself a bulamorexic, uh, I am powerless over food. This is my very, and I'm from uh, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. This is my very first uh, OA convention. And um, I uh, started OA 30 years ago in 1990, 17 years old, goal weight to all appearances and I felt I was completely out of place. I got as far as six years of abstinence at one point. I don't know how. I just kept coming back. And you know what I did? I was stubborn. I just kept coming to meetings. I just kept doing service. I kept writing out my stuff. Uh, it was very hard for me to find a sponsor. And I just kept coming to meetings. And... Uh, and then I had, I had six years of abstinence. And at that time in Ottawa, Ontario, the region six rep probably spoke to some people and the region six convention was in Montreal, two hours away by car. And they asked me to be the speaker. And I said, to be honest, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you folks. I'm not abstinent, I'm eating half a pan of brownies instead of three pans of brownies a day. And on the spot, I completely surrendered my abstinence. And that was probably about 23, 22 years ago. And I have never been able to put much more than a year or two together. And at about, I'd say about 16 years ago, I quit away for good. I just left. I just quit. I just had, I had just had enough. And I want to say that, um, I never had a weight problem, never. Like I say, I was goal weight. 
but I'm going to say something. I was in a lot of denial. I was taking steroids, lifting weights, very athletic for a woman. And I, um, three of my top ribs stuck out. I was super skinny. I was a size 30 in jeans, even though I was 170 pounds. Uh, I almost had the makings of a six pack. I could do 200 pushups, but I was just binging, starving, binge, starve, binge on Monday, starve Tuesday, Wednesday, bulimorexia, rapidly rotating between bulimia and anorexia. And, and I never would have thought that, you know, I, I just, it's denial, denial. Wow. It's, it's so powerful. And what brought me to come back to OA is one of the women that's organizing this convention lives down the street from me. She's a friend of mine. And I just was just talking to her as a friend. And I said, well, what are you doing two days ago? I'm putting on a convention. I didn't know what she meant. I didn't know if it was, I didn't know what type of convention she mentioned. It was OA. And, and she said, uh, you know, there's a spot for you. And because of zoom, this poor, starving, struggling writer, artist is at this convention. I was so happy all day. I felt like I had a spiritual awakening that I haven't had in 30 years. And I'm just so grateful. And I just want to say that I just want to finish with, I just want to, whatever, Roseanne, you know, I put my hand in yours and together we can do what we could never do alone. And it's, it's true. And if I want to think that I'm so different than anyone, I have three bags of Halloween candy sitting right arm's length that are my husband's in his office. And I'm not interested. And the last time I, I, I had was in, it was two o'clock this afternoon. I don't even have half a day. So I'm asking for people to, to just share their abstinence and their peace of mind and their serenity with me. Thank you for listening. I wish you all peace and love and harmony. Claire? Thanks, Nikki. Claire, grateful compulsive overeater. Um, I haven't been able to get to a meeting in a couple of days, so I wanted to share. I'm really thankful to the um, everyone that did service tonight and to the speakers. I really um, I love our speakers tonight. Um, I really do. Um, and um, what just power of example. You know, like this was not an easy year for a lot of us. And um, just to see everyone maintain their abstinence, it's like a miracle, you know, like with all the stuff going on, like it's just such a miracle. And I'm really grateful to just be in rooms with people that work this program mm -hmm. as if their lives depend on it just like um mine does and um and i'm uh, just grateful to all of you and i just appreciate that everyone showed up here tonight at the convention and keep coming back thanks thank you claire any of my other co-hosts want to say anything I'll just check in quickly and just say I'm very grateful to do service and to hear everybody shares and uh, keep coming back. It works if you work it. Thank you, Laura. I'm grateful member of um, Recovering Compulsive over here under your head and remember where I was. Sorry, folks. Thank you, Laura. Allison, did you want to? 
Hi, I'm Allison. I'm from, uh, from Long Island, New York, and I'm just really grateful to be here. I'm very grateful to be able to do service tonight. And uh, thank you all for uh, the service that you're doing and, and all our speakers. Um, I know all three of you. I am blessed to know you, and I was thrilled to, uh, to hear you. Thank you. Thanks, Allison. I'll take a quick share, if that's all right. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Diana, Compulsive Eater. Um, I've been in program since uh, February. Um, coming up, uh, by the grace of God, one day at a time, almost uh, to my seven-month abstinence. Um, really grateful to be able to do service on this level and have so much exposure to the experience, strength, and hope of people within this region. Um, and specifically being connected locally with our speakers from this evening. Um, abstinence, no matter what, yeah. Um, it's probably one of my, um, I guess one of my favorite um, sayings in program. I lean into that and um, the idea of keeping my life in one hand as one of my other favorite people who I don't think is here <laughs> says, like my life in one hand and my food in the other. And I just, I'm good as long as I don't clap. Um, and those are, are concepts I really hold on tight to. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm in a place of acceptance over so many things in my life where, uh, you know, eight months ago before I, I found this fellowship and my other one, I, would have probably cursed at you and laughed at you if you told me that I would be all right with what has happened in my life. Um, and it's just, I smile partially out of discomfort over admitting that and partially just out of pure joy of being able to be a place in a place in my life where I can acknowledge um, that who I was and what I did when I was in my disease is not who I am now. And it is not how I behave now. Um, and so, yeah, I'm happy to be in a place of gratitude with all of you tonight. Um, and I'll just leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank yeah. you, Diana. Of course. Okay, if we don't have anyone else, I guess we will end for this evening. Is there anyone else that would like to share? You could use your raise hand or give us a wave. Oh, we got a hand. Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm Beth. I'm a compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? Okay, I can't see myself. I went away somewhere. Anyways, uh, I'm just grateful to be here and so grateful for all the service that went into this happening and uh, really, really appreciated the speakers. Uh, got a lot out of it. Just loved hearing gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. It's a good reminder. And I, I say something similar the way I say it is uh, just keep turning back to my rich and full life. And when I see my life as rich and full, no matter what, that's similar to gratitude. It helps me a lot. Uh, so I just wanted to claim my seat, compulsive overeater. I need to be here. And I appreciate everybody. I'll pass. Thank you, Beth. Deborah. Hi, I'm Deborah, compulsive eater. 
I really want to thank everybody. I've had, I think I'm on, uh, I forget now, 45 days of abstinence, but um, it's different than it's ever been before. It's, um, I, I, I feel the commitment to it. I feel like, you know, it's really the, the foundation for the rest of my life. When I don't have that, I, everything else is messed up too. So um, I thank all the speakers. You were really incredible. And that the, what I really got out of the e evening, this abstinence, no matter what, and being grateful, no matter what, because I have definitely been working on that lately, but I had some news from the ophthalmologist that I was very upset about. And I, you know, that those are challenging things to be, um, to be grateful for. So it's good to hear it because I live in the possibility. I have friends who tell me just um, create being well and you will do it. And, um, and it's all about being grateful and living in the, the present moment and the present day and, uh, and staying abstinent. That's without that, there's, you know, I have nothing because it's, it's really, it's just so important. And, uh, and I never had the feeling before that it was something that I could one day at a time that I could keep that I, you know, I'm thinner than I've been by a few pounds, but, but thinner than I've been most of my adult life, but I still have like 20 or 25 pounds to go. And, uh, but this is the first time I've actually thought that I can actually do it, that I can do it and maintain it. And I have friends that have, you know, like lost like 75 pounds and kept it off for like 40 years and whatever. And so I see, I thank all of you because you show me the way, you know, you show me that it really can be done. It's not just a fantasy. So thank you so much. I look forward to the rest of the convention. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Okay. I, I don't know how to raise my hand. Oh, Ron, go ahead, love. Thank you. <laughs> so sweet. Anyway, thank you so much. I am so grateful to have been um, on this. The joy and the seriousness of being a compulsive overeater is um, beyond anything that I can put into words. Everyone here has said you know, absence no matter what. Um, you know, I don't have always, it doesn't, the head and the mouth don't come out at the same time. So I'm just going to say that I'm sitting here in awe and glad to be a part of this, uh, a part of this. And uh, I, I don't ever want to think that I... Um, keep thinking or, or start to think or that I'm not worth the time, that I'm not worth the effort, that I'm not, I am worth the effort. Those are the old beliefs that I am worth the effort to put all of this into 
uh, into my recovery and recovery is very important to me. And I remember what it was like when there wasn't any recovery and uh, it was very painful. And, and I don't ever want to feel, forget the ever, today, just today, I don't want to feel that it's not possible. And thank you so much to everybody who has let me know that it is possible. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Roz. <laughs> That's it for tonight. We've got an early morning tomorrow. So again, I will just quickly allow people to unmute themselves. And um, why not another serenity prayer, anyone? Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Work, 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 work